0: to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside.
1: Hey, creative outdoorsy people. Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. That's right, and this is Lisa and Iris coming coming at you live from the Wheelie HQ in Whitefish, Montana. Yeah, what's up?
0: Hope you're having a great
1: Thursday. Thanks for lending us your ears.
0: Yeah, today I got to talk to Yuri Carlson of Inner Wild Nutrition, and Yuri is a total badass.
1: And really, really smart. She's super smart. I, I
0: actually took the real food athlete program that she references. And it, I swear it changed my life. Like I was under fueling. I felt terrible all the time. I didn't even know I felt terrible all the time. And then I was bonking on rides. Um, so I, when one of my friends referred me to Yuri and I'm not joking, it made my entire life better. It made my athletic pursuits like a million times better. And I Oh, it all to Yuri for explaining everything so well and creating a program that helps athletes and athletic people. And I highly recommend it.
1: Yuri is a nutritionist for um, athletes and anyone with an active lifestyle. And she has a a wide range of clients, um, basically anyone who goes outside and moves their body. And Uh, this is a pretty information filled podcast as well as it might make you hungry. So that's just a warning here on your Thursday. You might want to grab a snack while you listen to this because you might get hungry. Uh, Yuri talks about, um, focusing on real food, eating for brain function, eating for recovery. Um, and then towards the end of the show, she gets into our new word of the month. What is our new word of the month, Lisa? It's manifestation. It is manifestation.
2: Manifestation.
0: Oh, it's a man this time. It's man for the word manifestation.
2: (laughs) Manifestation. An
0: event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially
1: a theory on an abstract idea. But that is a very abstract definition, so it will be good to hear what manifestation means to all our different guests here in the month of May. Yep. Yep. And we can't wait. Let's hear what Yuri has to say.
0: Yuri, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And the very, very first question that we ask everybody is to describe
2: where they are and what they're looking at. Oh, okay. I am in Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm at my house right now. And I'm looking at the Blue River that runs through our backyard. And then I can see the top of Peak 8 at Breck Ski Resort. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's not a bad view. That's awesome. And tell our audience a little bit
0: about yourself, um, your full name, what you do, and kind of what you're doing with Inner Wild Nutrition.
2: My full name is Uriel Carlson. Most people call me Uri. I own a business called Inner Wild Nutrition, which is a private practice Nutrition business. And it's all really based on, I work with all sorts of different clients, but most of my clients are athletes or people that are just active on a regular basis. So I have all sorts of clients from people that are, you know, racing at the pro level and want to win their age category, want to win their category, or people that are just like, hey, I feel like I could be going longer, going faster, going harder, but I don't know what to eat in order to do that. And or I can't keep up with my friends, or I feel like I'm doing everything right, but I can't seem to lose that last 5, 10 pounds. How can you help me? That's pretty much what we're getting into. And talking about food as a way to fuel your body to meet your goals. Exactly, yeah. And I'm big on real food, so any time that you can find food that is not coming from a package – That's usually what I'm going to be promoting just because unfortunately there's a lot of ingredients in foods in the grocery store. I think it's something like 40% of ingredients in quote unquote food in the grocery store is not actually something that our body recognizes as food. So that leaves those choices up to us to determine, you know, like what if we're eating this food that's coming off the shelf, that's supposedly going to give us the energy and the nutrients that we need. What else does it have in it that's gonna cause inflammation or cause gastrointestinal problems or, you know, impact my performance negatively, not in the direction that I wanna be going? And that's what I work with clients a lot on is that education component and then, you know, feeling like, hey, it's okay to grab a baked good from the local bakery instead of grabbing that bar off the shelf from seven eleven that's been sitting there for who knows how long.
0: Yes, it's it's true. Like I started looking at expiration dates um, mm-hmm. after I went after I went through your boot camp, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is
1: gross."
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, stuff can sit on the shelf for a long time. They just pump it full of preservatives. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. <laughs> so we talked a little bit earlier um, before the podcast about the word athlete and how different people have different perceptions of what it means to be an athlete. So, what is what does the word athlete mean to
2: you? Oh, that's a good question. Man, that the word athlete to me, it really it's such a wide range and it really depends on the person, but to me, an athlete is anyone that is just moving their body on a regular basis for, you know, an extended period of time, whether that's for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or six or eight hours, that doesn't really matter to me. But I find that a lot of people are hesitant to define themselves or call themselves athletes when I I think it comes from comparing themselves to other, you know, professional athletes or people that are getting paid to be an athlete. But you don't need to get paid to be an athlete. You don't need to be professional to be an athlete. You really just honestly need to move your body at some point on a regular basis and you're an athlete. And then with that food and your nutrition is going to benefit you and the adventures that you want to take part in as an athlete. I agree.
0: And, you know, I think it's, uh, for me personally, having a really creative background, I didn't grow up learning about nutrition and, um, how to fuel myself for, all the things I do in my career. And so a lot of our audience, like me, spends a lot of time in the backcountry, um, carrying camera gear around, or you know, even producers have to go to the craziest photo shoot locations and climb in and out of canyons and all kinds of stuff. Um, so what, what can you tell our audience, of just a basic intro to nutrition to help them succeed in their jobs?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one because I see that a lot with photographers and these people that are, you know, they're working and they're carrying an extra 40 pounds on their back or whatever it is. Well, everyone else, you know, the the models and the talent that's a part of the shoot, they're just riding their bikes or they're just hiking or they're just doing whatever they need to do. But the photographer has to keep up with them, right? And not ruin their gear in the process. So their nutritional needs are going to be different than A lot of other people's nutritional needs. Really, what I tell most people, no matter what, is number one, focus on real food. And then number two, if you're doing any sort of activity for longer than an hour, say if you're out for the day, whether it's for work or for play, for three, four, or five hours, you want to start eating something as soon as you get to kind of that 60 minute mark. And then the general recommendation is to be replacing half of the calories that you burn per hour with food and the reason for that is to not build up too much of a deficit that you start to compromise your performance in terms of bonking or uh, dehydration not getting essential electrolytes back into your system for muscle cramping and just overall functioning um, so that is that's the general recommendation and a lot of people will follow up and ask me you know like hey I can take that, but how many calories am am I burning per hour? Typically people will burn anywhere from 200 calories on the low end to 800 calories on the high end. So that's a big range, but for someone that doesn't really know where to start at all with that, I'll say, just try to get in hundred to 200 calories per hour and see how you feel. And if you feel like you can do more, add an extra 50 or hundred calories. If that starts to If you feel like that's starting to bog you down a little bit, then cut back a bit. You might not be burning and needing to replace that many calories, but that's just a really good starting point. And then just make sure that it's, you know, real food. Grab some peanut butter pretzels, grab a packet of the Justin's nut butter and an apple or a baked good or a piece of baguette with, you know, some salami and cheese on it. Something like that. That stuff is going to give you all the same fuel that a bar is going to give you, but it's probably going to taste better.
0: That's so helpful. And <laughs> how can people figure out the calories in a bar – or not in a bar, but in like if they went with the salami cheese and baguette, how can people figure out how many calories are in that?
2: My best recommendation typically for that is if something doesn't have a nutrition label on it and if you can't look at number one, the serving size, and then the, the total calories, is to use an app called My MyFitnessPal – And people use it for logging their food intake every single day. That's not usually what I'm asking people to do, but you can use it because it has this huge database of pretty much every single food we eat. And you can put in like, Hey, I'm eating one slice of Dave's killer bread. And I'm having this, you know, approximately a couple tablespoons of jelly and a couple tablespoons of peanut butter. What does that look like? Or they can take If something has a package on it, they can type it in there or even scan the barcode of it and figure out the calorie content and the macronutrient content of that. But I like the MyFitnessPal because it's a really good tool that if you just have no idea, you can look at it and you can be like, all right, you know, like I'm eating this handful of peanut butter pretzels. Type in peanut butter pretzels and say, okay, this is approximately like half a cup. What does that look like in terms of calories? So –
0: As I mentioned, um, I went through your boot camp and it was like the biggest game changer, best money I spent on myself last year. Like I have never felt better in my entire life. Um, So do you want to tell people a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of our listeners, such as action sports photographers, um, really don't don't know how to fuel at work and, and in play. And I think they would get as much out of it as I did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The boot camps are really fun because I get to do them online with a group of anyone from anywhere. Like the most recent one I did, I did it with a couple of people from New Zealand that are enduro mountain bike racers. And then I had people from, um, back East that are, you know, like runners or weekend warriors. And then it's, I had people like you who, you know, like you own your own business and you just want to get out and you be able to ride with your friends and Snowboard and snowmobile all day and feel good when you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So, these boot camps I created really just out of all of the main questions that I was getting from my one on one clients. I'm like, I'm getting the same questions over and over from my one on one clients. And it's, what do I eat? How much do I eat? And when do I eat in order to fuel my adventures, whether it's my races or just a day out in the backcountry with my friends? So I put that together into this program that I'm doing. It, they're called the Real Food Athlete Boot Camps, and they're four-week programs. And every single week, we have a live call with the group where I give you the rundown of eating before your workout, eating during your workout, eating after your workout. And then the last week, we do a, um, a food, a ride food, workout food, a food demo. So I go over some things that you can make and take with you when you're exercising that include real ingredients. And then we go over how to apply this and just eat when you're at your desk job, when you're working a regular day or when you're traveling, things like that, so that you can get recipes and really just more direction and answers to be able to apply it to your life and know what you should be eating, when you should be eating and how you should be eating to support the lifestyle that you want to lead. Say,
0: Iris, do you want to know a weird fact about me?
1: Yes, of course. I don't like
0: going to yoga classes because I really struggle with group relaxing.
1: Yeah, that stresses you out? I
0: don't like how everyone's laying on the floor and it's supposed to be relaxing. Huh. But you know what I do like? Subscriptions, where I can do yoga from the privacy of my house, which is
1: 11 miles from anything. Oh yeah, there are a lot of websites that you can subscribe to, and they send you yoga classes to do in the comfort of your own home, which is much more relaxing. Yeah, you pay a monthly fee and you get unlimited yoga. It reminds me of when you
0: sign with a creative agency on Retainer and you pay them a certain amount per month and they just
1: handle shit for your business. Yeah, do you know any creative agencies that offer that? Oddly enough, I do. WheelieCreative.com, the greatest creative agency. Sometimes when you
0: first start doing yoga, you get discouraged because you can't like reach your arms behind your back or grab your back. But guess what? With a great creative agency like Wheelie, Wheelie's got your back.
1: Here at Wheelie, we're really flexible and limber and we'll make a strategy that fits your business. Damn right, Iris, that was a good one. We'll get your business into a sweet vinyasa flow. WheelieCreative.com.
0: I just want you guys to know, I'm not just like trying to sell Yuri's services, but just, just to tell you how this works in real life. I'm training for a marathon on May 11th. And so this week I was running 20 miles, which I didn't think possible. I'm not really a runner. I'm Mm -hmm. a mountain biker and I started running recently. And so I made sure that I was bringing enough calories and I counted my calories and I made sure I was eating while I was running. Um, And I didn't bonk at all. And it's crazy that I could actually run three and a half hours without
1: stopping because of how I was fueling my body. Yeah. Listening to this podcast, um, I definitely don't take care of what I eat well at all. And it inspired me to. Seriously. It will turn anyone into a super athlete. I think that's kind of the difference between being in your 20s and being in your 30s. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's totally true. So I'm going to work on that, keeping track of what I eat, because I don't eat very well. That's for sure. (laughs) It's it's an office joke, making fun of Iris' lunch every
0: every week. (laughs) Sometimes we get our pastries at coffee traders with, like, frosting and whipped cream and things like that. I'll eat anything. Yeah. Sprinkles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think... I think, uh, I don't know. I think that's why Yuri and inner wild nutrition are so great is because it makes nutrition attainable for people who didn't study sports psychiatry or, you know, like we didn't know no medical fields, just creative fields. And, um, she kind of breaks it down and makes it, makes it real.
1: Yeah. It's a very complicated subject. So, um, just trying to learn a little bit and taking some baseline ideas and applying them to your athletic life can be really helpful. So, let's get back to what Yuri has to say. She'll drop some more knowledge.
0: Yep. And it for me made such a big difference in also like my creativity levels and my and my brain function it felt like, and maybe that's just because my body felt good, but do you think that the mind-body connection is real
2: in relation to nutrition? And do you have any tips around that? Absolutely. Yeah. I find that a lot of people, first off, they start out either as my one-on-one client or as a boot camp member, and they have, you know, they're feeling energy lows, especially kind of that mid-afternoon energy lag, or they're, lacking energy during their efforts when they actually, they want to go harder, they want to go longer, but they just physically and mentally can't. But when you're talking about that, the mental and mind-body connection of nutrition, nutrition fuels our brain, right? So it makes sense that there's going to be an impact in our mental performance and our mood and everything when our nutrition is off. So there's definitely a connection there. And I find that most people typically are not eating enough. You know, like during my boot camp, I have people log their food intake for a couple of days. And a lot of people come back to me and they're like, holy cow, I'm eating half of the calories that I should be eating. No wonder I feel like I want to take a nap at 2 PM every single day. No wonder I'm getting poor quality sleep because I wake up hungry or I don't eat enough before I go to bed, things like that. So there's, there's definitely a lot that you can do there in terms of using your your nutrition to help brain function and your emotional status and your energy and everything.
0: Yeah. And do you recommend any special food for like creativity or, um, you know, kind of like making sure that your brain is open and receptive,
2: I guess. Um, First off real food. So food that doesn't have ingredients in it that are going to cause uh, inflammatory or kind of that invader response and extra stress on our system is number one. And then overall, I would just say being consistent with eating. You know, if you're going sick four or six hours in a day and having gaps where you're not eating for four to six hours in the day, then it's really difficult for our brain to function properly. Um, our brain runs off of. Glucose uh, of carbohydrate, so it needs that to run efficiently and effectively. So, yeah, mainly consistency and and just giving your your body and your brain the, the the real food that it recognizes as food and can use as fuel.
0: And and so, what what are some common misconceptions that that our audience might have about nutrition? Just from not ever taking nutrition classes or, you know, people who have majored in photography in school or, you know, social media or marketing. Like, what do you think are some misconceptions that we carry with us
2: all the time? I think a lot of times, oftentimes people feel like, number one, they should be doing what everyone else is doing or what they see everyone else doing. But. Really what it comes down to is that everyone is a, is an individual, especially when it comes to their nutrition. So what your friend is doing or what the person you're racing against is doing or what your partner is doing typically is not going to work the same for you. So just like with training, when we are trying to get fitter or to comp- train to compete in a race or whatever it is, nutrition and figuring out the nutrition strategy for you takes time. But the cool thing about it is that it's totally up to you to, you know, with a few guidelines and with the, guide, like the guidelines that I gave in the boot camp, then it's kind of like, take this information, experiment with it, figure out what types of foods you crave and what your body needs and reacts to well, and then work with it from there. Um, another kind of misconception that goes with that is that people find nutrition information online and they're like, I have to follow the rules. You make your own rules um, because you are your own individual. So there's a lot of, especially sports nutrition guidelines out there. What I tell people is to treat that as a baseline and then so adjust from there. You know, like the baseline of replacing half of the calories that you burn every hour or drinking 10 to 15 ounces of water per hour when you're exercising. That's your baseline. Work with that and then figure out what you can adjust based on what situation you're in and what your needs are. That's really cool.
0: What do you, what do you think about um, like post-activity nutrition? So like, you know, maybe because we will go on photo shoots that are like 15 hour days and Mm -hmm. we're exhausted. Like what are some things that, that photographers or people like that can do at the end of a massive day?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Those sound like massive days. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because what I'll say for recovery is that you don't get stronger when you're out there working hard. You actually get stronger when you're done and when you're recovering. So recovery is really, really important. What I tell people is, is that this is kind of this is your time to get in all the food that's going to be rebuilding your cells, rebuilding your muscles. So you want to be intentional with it. Like, sure, if you finish a race and you – sometimes people just don't feel like eating anything. I say eat whatever it is that you're craving, whether it's, you know, an ice cream sandwich or salt and vinegar potato chips with a milkshake, whatever it is. But then within two hours after that, make sure that you get a good balanced meal in there. So something that's going to have some vegetables, um, something that's going to have some carbohydrate like rice or – um sweet potato or some whole grain bread or some, something that's going to have carbohydrate in it. And then really what we're thinking about for recovery is having balanced meals. So the carbohydrate, the protein, you know, whether it's fish or tofu or beans or nuts and seeds, and then some sort of healthy fats, healthy fats are really important too. They're often overlooked. But something like avocado, nuts and seeds, um, olives, those are good sources of healthy fats, fish. And where does pizza fall on that scale? Good question. Um, Pizza is one of those things that's like, hey, if that's what you want in the one hour after you finish a race, it's primarily carbohydrate because you've got the dough and the the white bread, basically. And then the cheese is going to be... a. it's your dairy and a little bit of fat and a little bit of protein, but not a significant amount to, to take it off the list of being a significant source of protein. Um, everything in moderation, honestly, you know, like maybe don't make your entire meal pizza, but have a slice pizza and a beer and then eat a balanced meal because people want pizza and beer after they exercise. Yeah. And why do they serve beer at races? Oh man, I think, I mean, it d- it does have carbohydrate in it, so it's not the worst thing that you can drink after a race because you've just depleted your carbohydrate stores, but at the same time, it can be dehydrating. So you want to be considering that since you just also depleted your, your um, electrolytes and you need to be rehydrating. I think there's a sponsorship factor there probably, and there's a fun factor there, which are both totally fair factors to consider. And it's great to have beer after races, but um, just be mindful of it and make sure that you're also with that beer, getting in some good quality food to rebuild your cells because the beer is not going to really help give your cells and your muscles the essential nutrients they need to rebuild and get you stronger for the next time you go out and do it all over again.
0: And and is that similar to... Kind of well, I guess what's your stance on coffee and caffeine, like when you're in the middle of training for things, or like you have a giant photo shoot coming up or something like that? Mhm, coffee good or bad
2: yeah i w- I hesitate ever to say anything is good or bad because, like I was saying with these these rules and common misconceptions is that everyone is an individual and for coffee specifically, like some people do totally fine with it, and then other people, it just wigs them out and makes them feel like a crazy person, right? So if you can use coffee to your advantage, it can be a stimulant that helps with exercise, as long as your body is kind of just good at tolerating caffeine. Um, but don't rely on it as your sole source of energy for sure, because it doesn't have a it doesn't have any significant nutritional value beyond the caffeine, right? So there's a lot of gels and bars and goos and things that have caffeine added to them because of that stimulant factor, which if people react to that well, then they can certainly use it. But um, if you don't react to it well, don't feel like you need to be using it because everyone else is using it.
1: Hey, Lisa, when you're listening to something through your headphones, such as the Outside by Design podcast, that's my favorite, the quality of your headphones really matters. If you have crappy headphones, there's like pops and clicks and the sound sounds really bad and sometimes it shocks you in your ears. and That's not fun. No, because what you put between your ears really does matter because that's where your
0: brain is. And guess what? Some of the smartest people I know work at a creative agency called Wheelie. It's a creative agency for people who thrive outside and it's full of some dope ass, super smart, probably the smartest people I know, human beings. That's why I hired them. Aww. So if you want your brand to sound smart when other people come across it, hire Wheelie. They won't steer you wrong. They're geniuses. The only problem is their brains are so big they keep stretching out their headphones. Um, again, I just want to point out something true that when you realize you're not eating enough, what eating enough does to your body. So for me, not only did it give me... I, I realized I was eating one third of the calories I should eat a day just yeah. to sustain my body. And once I started upping my calorie my caloric intake, I literally dropped five pounds instantly. Mm -hmm. My abs started popping Mm -hmm. like instantly, like within three weeks. And it was crazy how much better I felt. And I got to eat more and it's really fun
1: to eat food. Well, it's such the opposite thing that you would expect that eating more is going to make you more healthy.
0: Right? Because before before I did this program, I had never tracked my food. I was just very active and I would eat when I was hungry. Mm -hmm. Or I guess when I noticed I was hungry Mm -hmm. and didn't really like put a lot of thought into what I was doing. So I think a lot of people are that way, especially if you have a type of job where you're in the creative field and you are doing like 14 hour photo shoots. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, oh man, some of those shoots we go on, yeah, I am just wrecked the next day. I'm so tired. I
1: think that's um, something that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs will relate to. Because in days where you're getting in a flow and you're crushing client meetings and you're getting contracts signed and you're or you're out on a shoot, you forget and you don't even realize when you're hungry. And then you, you go, oh wait, I haven't eaten in eight hours. <laughs> I like, really need a meal. Um, and so if you're just a little bit intentional about what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, um, it can I can make your brain be even better and crush it even more.
0: Who doesn't want that? <laughs> Should we get back to Yuri? Let's do it. Okay. And another question I have for you that I think our listeners would love to know because we, even though you know, a lot of us work very year-round positions. We work with the seasons being part of the outdoor industry. So is there a difference between winter and summer sports nutrition? Like, should we be doing something differently when we are backcountry skiing for fuel than we would use for
2: mountain biking? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, The cold does actually have some different effects on our body than the heat and then, you know, just regular summer warm or mild weather exercise. First of all, it does. It causes cold diuresis, which <clears throat> is basically it causes our bladder to contract because there's changes in our blood pressure that happen when our when we're cold, and um, our yeah we, we tend to pee more when we're cold. So there's hydration considerations there, and along with that, oftentimes when we're cold we don't realize we're sweating and we don't our thirst mechanism is actually suppressed so with that those two things compounded it's more it's easier to get dehydrated because we're less thirsty but we actually require more fluids and a lot of times when we're cold it's more difficult right to tell that we're really sweating a lot and if, if we're ski touring or something like that or working hard out in the cold with all these layers on and we're sweating, we need to replace the electrolytes and the fluid that we're losing in our sweat, especially if we're going to be out there for an overnight or a super long day. So those are just a couple things to consider. Um, One thing I'll say about the cold is that adding some fatty foods and some protein-rich foods can be really helpful because that's what we tend to crave because they have a higher thermogenic effect, which means that they increase your body temperature a little bit more. So something like cheese and crackers and salami could be something that's really good to bring with you on a ski tour because it has that fat and protein and then a little bit of carbohydrate with the crackers or bread, something like that. That's wild because you would think,
0: or I would think that the heat would make you dehydrate more because you're sweating and it's hot. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just mind blowing.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of this mind game, right? Is that the heat will definitely dehydrate you because you are more likely to be sweaty in the heat. But when you're in the cold and you're exercising, it's, you notice it less, you know, it's not something that you're considering when you have three different layers on and you're cold. You're not really considering the fact that you're also sweating underneath all of that. Boy, that's wild. Yeah.
0: So, so what would you consider to be like a good source of fuel for like a really really hot, like mountain bike, uh, mountain bike ride or photographing mountain biking or something?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, again, salty food can be really beneficial in that because when you sweat, you lose a pretty good amount of sodium, primarily sodium, a little bit of potassium and some other electrolytes, minerals. But you want to be replacing what you're losing in your sweat. So. A lot of times the, the kind of, um, problem that people face is that all of the ride food and exercise food tends to be fairly sweet, but it's really easy to get tired of that. And it's really easy for that to cause problems in our gastrointestinal tract and to cause, you know, like gut rot and flavor fatigue. So including some salty foods that are easy to eat, um, some examples, like sometimes I'll make cookies and I'll sprinkle some flaky maldon salt on top of them. The great thing about cookies is that they're, they have a high moisture content. So when you eat a cookie versus some kind of bar that's been in a package, like it's probably easier to chew, right? Or a cookie bar or a muffin because it's been baked and it hasn't been sitting in a package. And also there's no preservatives in it that are drying it out to make it be able to sit in a package on a shelf longer, but add some salt to, you know, like chocolate chip cookies or brownies, and then you're good to go there. Um, other salty foods that can be really good are, um, let's see, like savory pastries, you know, like a ham and cheese croissant, or again, like I'm sometimes if I'm going out for a long ride here, like if I'm going to go do, um, there's some good Rides here that are long that people might know of, like Wheeler or Gold Dust Trail. Um, I'll go to the local French bakery and I'll grab a baguette, and that's again soft and easy to chew and say on the savory side. So that's really nice. And then sometimes when it's super hot, people need to be consuming a, a drink that has some electrolytes in it also, and, ha- and has a little bit of salt in it. My favorite one there is the Scratch Labs uh, exercise hydration mixes because they're flavored with real fruit, you know, like the passion fruit flavor or the lemon and lime flavor. They literally just have passion fruit and lemon and lime, um, dried passion fruit, dried lemon and lime in it or dried or, um, lemon and lime oils in them. And that's the flavor. So it doesn't have any natural art or artificial flavors in it.
0: Yeah. I found that those scratch labs, which I learned from you, I found once I started putting that in my water bottle, I felt
2: invincible when I was pedaling uphill. Nice.
0: Yeah. That was for me a really, really good tip.
2: Yeah. Anytime you're sweating, you want to be replacing the electrolytes that you're losing your sweat. So something like that, that's still fairly light and isn't, doesn't include a ton of carbohydrate, but is still giving you the electrolytes that you're losing in your sweat is perfect, and especially when it's hot and you're losing that at a higher rate. It's really nice to have that, that you can drink and just get it in easily and quickly.
0: Yeah. That's a great tip. Um, I just realized we went all the, I get so excited talking to you about nutrition. I just realized we forgot to talk about the word manifestation. So I got to oh. ask you about that. Um, cause that's the word of our podcast this month, uh, And so the word of the month is manifestation. And what does what does manifestation mean to you personally?
2: Ooh. Um, gosh, the first thing that comes to mind is I I recently started um meditating on a regular basis. And one of the reasons I guess that I did that was just to try to increase my productivity with my business and with my work, but also because I'm in this I'm in this new place with my business and for the first time I have a super I have really clear intentions and goals that I want to accomplish within the next six months. So with that, I guess, manifesting the success and the life that I want to lead through this work that I do, it's becoming a big part of my daily thought process. And I definitely do believe that manif- manifestation is I kind of believe in it as a verb in a way in that it's really valuable for us to be able to use our thoughts or our feelings or our beliefs to bring something forth into our physical world, right? So it's, yeah, that that's cool that manifestation is the word because it, if it's in well with what I have going on right now in my business life, but really it comes down to, you know, if if I don't truly believe in something in my thoughts and my beliefs, such as that I can do this and that I can run this successful business, then it's going to make it a lot more difficult to actually do it in real life.
0: So you help manifest kind of like the visualization and the, and the headspace to enable your goals.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> what does that look like for you? Is that a hard journey?
2: Oh yeah. It, it comes and goes for sure. You know, like there's the harder days and then there's the easier days where I feel like, okay, I got this. And then other days where I'm like, what am I doing? Um, so it is nice to be able to come back to that, you know, and always be like, all right, if I, if I'm just totally lost and I feel like I'm in this slump or I'm questioning what I'm doing, if I can, like you were saying, come back to that manifestation and the visual part of it, then. It kind of brings up this more of a belief that it's okay to have those days, and if I believe that I can do this, I can do it. That's a huge part of it. That is so awesome. It seems
0: it seems kind of strange to, to like link meditation to business because one is, you know, kind of subjective meets the objective, and um, I'm a big believer in that as well. I think it's yeah. super important to set intentions every single day.
2: Absolutely. It's been it's been really helpful. It's been a fun thing to include. And also kind of like detaching
0: from not like it's okay if you don't meet your intention for the day.
2: Yeah. Definitely. It's not always gonna work out just as you want it to. But it's I mean, it's something that you can apply to, you know, performance and being an athlete or just being an athlete on whatever level it is, whether you're lugging around your 40-pound pack and working a 15-hour day or you're going out and doing a five-hour ride with your friends, there's a level of manifestation or visualization that can go into that as, as well. Absolutely. And good food. Yep, that too.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with our audience?
2: Um, I don't think, I mean, yeah, I mean, food is, I guess I'll say this, food is something that we require multiple times a day, every single day. So it deserves some attention, right? Um, It's pretty wild to me that it's something that, you know, every single one of us does. It's something that every single one of us has in common. But the confusing part is, is that there's so many different ways to go about it. Um, but you, it's empowering in a way too, because you can go about it in the way that you want to, to reach your goals, whether that's performance goals, body composition goals, energy goals, emotional goals. There's so much power in food and what we put in our body because we do it on such a regular basis. So use food and enjoy food to your advantage because it's there.
0: Cool. And where can people follow you or sign up for a boot camp or just learn more about what you've got going on?
2: Um, the best way to just keep in touch with what I have going on is to follow me on Instagram. That's Yuri underscore Carlson. So U R I underscore Carlson. My website is innerwildnutrition.com. And I, I sometimes do events with Scratch Labs. So I'll be at Dirty Kanza and I was just at Sea Otter. Um, and then kind of out and about doing that kind of stuff a lot. And then if you're ever in Breckenridge, hop on Instagram, figure out what I'm doing. Maybe we can go on a bike ride together.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Yuri. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. That was fun.
1: Thanks, Yuri, for being on the show. Um, I hope our listeners learned something. I definitely did. Yeah, and who doesn't like baguettes and cheese? Like, what great news. I was getting really hungry editing this podcast episode. Yeah, so go get yourself a baguette and a bicycle (laughs) (laughs) and crush it out there. We'll see you next week. Bye.